Welcome to the Chase Sagum Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Sagum. Today, we're going to be covering some really cool uh, Q&A questions uh, regarding Facebook ads. And some of you have posted some really cool, interesting questions, and we're going to take those challenges head on and uh, hopefully give you some some good tips going into the weekend here. Uh, But first, intro. So one of the things I wanted to start doing when I started this podcast was to have a really cool, simple Q&A format, um, a place where you guys can ask questions and I kind of pick some of the more difficult ones and um, uh, answer those to the best of my ability. You know, I obviously don't claim to have all the answers to everything and I can just give you my experience. So, you know, uh, throw that out there. But Obviously, I didn't want to just take the the softballs. Um, wanted to see if there were some more difficult questions that maybe you guys are, are battling um, on the digital marketing side of things, or just business and entrepreneurship in general. And and uh, want to make sure to provide some value for you guys there. So let's get into it. The first question I have that I wanted to pick here was from RJ. RJ asks, "What is the secret to building successful Facebook ads?" Um, well, I don't think there's any secret. Um, there's a whole host of things. I think um, the best Facebook campaigns that from a performance standpoint that I've seen obviously are there's there's clearly a correlation. They're obviously the best products and services. You know, it's um, it's really hard to uh, put uh, icing, cake frosting on a piece of dog crap. And uh, if you don't have a good product or a good service, it it, uh, it makes your job infinitely infinitely more difficult. But I'm sure this question, RJ, is is more for the in between people who are kind of in the middle. Maybe, maybe you don't have the most amazing and astounding product or service, but it's good and it's maybe competitive price wise, and you're trying to find a way to be successful. I'll tell you, there is no one secret, but there, you know, just throw a few things out there. Number one, um, I think. The more successful Facebook ad accounts are leveraging Facebook's machine learning to succeed. So rather than trying to do all the demographic targeting, uh, interest targeting themselves, they're leveraging custom audiences, you know, uploading customer lists, uploading email lists, um, you know, being really smart with their with the pixel and uh, making sure that it's placed on the website and it's tracking events and conversions and email subscriptions and all that stuff. And uh, building a look-alike audience off of those custom audiences and then going broad, casting a net and optimizing towards conversions and letting Facebook do its thing. Um, Google, people have been really skeptical of Google's conversion optimization tools, you know, like their target CPA tools and stuff like that over the years. Um, I know a lot of people who use those tools with Google ads and succeed. And I know just as many people who who have tried them and don't like them and, and like to do everything manual. I will tell you, man, um, time and time again, the Facebook campaigns that I see working and the ones that I'm managing that are working are the ones where you're leveraging Facebook's machine learning as much as possible. So just to be specific, you know, not to get too up into the clouds on when I say machine learning and I'm using the quotes fingers, um, specifically it's using a conversion uh, campaign objective in Facebook and um, that 
that can be whatever you want it to be. If it's e-commerce and it's a lower ticket price item, I like that to be the purchase, you know, to be a purchases conversion. So when somebody actually buys, it fires a conversion. Um, if it's a higher ticket e-commerce item, you know, maybe it's like $500 or $1,000, I like to use add to carts as a uh, conversion metric because I can get more data and I can let Facebook learn faster. So you're using a campaign objective of, um, of, of targeting conversions and then you're building ad sets around lookalike audiences and uh, letting, really casting a wider net by uh, targeting over a million people, you know, and letting Facebook be smart about delivering conversions to you. That far and away has been um, the best. The other thing is monitoring frequency uh, very closely, as well as monitor monitoring relevancy score um, and building better ads so that you improve your relevancy score because obviously um, that improves your cost per clicks, you know, and your CPMs dramatically. I've seen CPMs cut literally in half uh, in terms of price just by going from like a six relevancy score to an eight. So um, that's that's a huge that's a huge uh, uh, piece of this too. So, anyways, hope that helps, RJ. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Kenji asks, Kenji. Kenji. Kenji asks, uh, what makes Amazon sponsored ads more effective than Google ads? Okay, so this isn't a Facebook ads question, but I'll answer it. Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily more effective. Obviously, you're not going to, um, there, there's certain products that do better on Google than on Amazon, but in general, I think the effectiveness has less to do with the ads platform and has to do with the native experience and nature of the two platforms. People are going to Google to search for everything under the sun and people are going to Amazon to search for products that they could potentially buy. So you're catching people at the lower end of the funnel with, with Amazon, which means your sponsored ads are catching people at the lower end of the funnel 10 out of 10 searches as opposed to Google where it could be 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10, right? If someone's searching for a... Um, and in uh, an office air conditioner, um, you know, they may be looking to do research on Google for office uh, air conditioners, but on Amazon, they're literally looking to buy and they've got the credit card on file potentially. They could be prime users. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of advantages. That's the obvious answer. I'll give you a couple more specific answers. Google ads are more expensive on average. Uh, there's just more. There's still more competition there. Those cost per clicks um, have been increased over time, and in Amazon, it is very competitive, and it depends on what market you're in. Some are extremely competitive, um, but some are, you know, I would say the more average medium is that they're they're considerably cheaper cost per clicks across the board than Google Ads. So that that makes them more effective. Um, I will say, though, that there's a lot of limitations to Amazon-sponsored ads. You know, for example, there's no broad match modifier in Amazon-sponsored ads yet. Um, that's, a, that's a huge downside. Um, there's good attribution in Amazon-sponsored ads because everything is happening inside of their environment. So there's no room for breakage in terms of conversion tracking. That gives you, you know, that makes it more effective. Um, but, yeah, there's some features that are definitely missing, man, like... You think about 
not having a broad match modifier. You think about uh, weird inconsistencies on how phrase and exact match terms cross-pollinate with one another, and they don't do a very good job of of um, of, of building in tools to make it easy to negative match things in those regards. Um, the other thing is is it's kind of a closed platform, you know. With Google, you can very easily build a lot of scripts, uh, JavaScript scripts that can do some really cool things for you in bid management. And in uh, in Amazon, you don't have some of those capabilities. You got to either leverage really expensive third-party uh, software platforms or build your own custom, which is a nightmare. I'll tell you my biggest beef with Amazon sponsored ads is the fact that um, they're very limited on on bidding types. So there's only bids in terms of um, bidding based on whatever the dollar amount is. There's no uh, Google t- ads type bidding uh, tools like um, you know Target CPA or Target ROAS or anything like that. So that's a huge downside. But overall, Amazon's awesome. Though I just laid out some of the advantages for you there. Um, if you're not winning on in Amazon sponsored ads, you're either doing it wrong or your product sucks. One of the two. All right, Eugene asks, "What do the top one percent of PPC specialists do that the other ninety nine percent do not?" Oh, I love the the top one percent. Um, I I normally believe in uh, the eighty twenty rule, but uh, I'll take the top one percent. That's more of a political. Uh, economics classes type of terminology, but um, what do the top 1% of PPC specialists do that the other 99% do not? Well, I mean, if you were to take the number of people who actually understand the AdWords platforms to to a deep, deep level from the perspective of gaining a return on the ad spend, not just from the perspective of setting up an account properly the way you're supposed to according to Google's you know recommendations, but people who actually know how to optimize to a return on ad spend—that alone is probably your top four or five percent. Top one percent, interesting. So I'll throw out some things. I mean, I—I I don't know how you measure top one percent, so um, I don't know if I'm in that top one percent or who's in that top one percent. But um, I would say a couple things. I, I think I mentioned it earlier on the last question, Kenji's question. Broad match modifier is a huge win. Um, the ability to go broad, cast a net, but not go too wacky broad, which is what broad, broad match modifier does, and then have a really deliberate process where and some good math behind you to understand what's statistically significant to negative match bad keywords that aren't converting for you and improve your, your, your campaign over time. That's a huge, huge one. The idea that you're going to know what everyone's going to search for now and in the future and to have this just massive exact match and phrase match campaign, I think is very archaic. That's my opinion, but I think it's very old and archaic. You need to cast a net. And, you know, people talk about doing keyword research. Man, run an ad set. Run, run a sorry, run a campaign with broad match modifier. That's your keyword research. You'll learn everything you need to know. I mean, you obviously need to do some level of keyword research leading up to that broad match modifier. But that's that casting of a net through BMMs is a huge one. I think um, the operational side of making sure conversions are being imported properly into the 
interface. So therefore, you're you're basing all of your ad decisions, ad copy, um, you know, keyword targetings, you know, everything like that. The fact that you're basing everything off of conversions is a huge thing. I, I'm still surprised how many ad accounts I see that are not based on conversions. They're not actually looking at conversions, especially like lead gen campaigns. So making sure um, everything's synced with Google Analytics and you're importing conversions is huge. Um, what else am I missing here? Obviously ad copy, people overlook ad copy. Um, they get super crazy about additional functionalities like ad extensions, which are super valuable. I don't wanna undermine those, but uh, people really overlook the quality of every word that's used and in, and how ads are worded and what 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 emotions are being pulled in and and what features and what upsides you know kind of all the details and inner, inner workings of ad copy I think is is the difference between the top one percent and everybody else um, the other thing is is device type so man I still see so many campaigns where people aren't breaking out device type they're not under, they're not targeting ads differently for mobile than than they are for for desktop and I see this everywhere like Facebook this is a huge thing um, and Google it's a huge thing like it's not just about breaking it out to, to see the data because technically you can extract the data if you target all ad uh, all device types in one campaign it's about having the mentality of customizing the ad and the targeting to be, to be more native for that device type, right? I mean, the fact, the arrogance that sometimes we can have of our ad is identical on mobile as it is on desktop. It's like, man, mobile is so much different and we really need to be creating ads specifically for mobile and then optimizing towards desktop because the numbers are just so astronomically uh, better on mobile. And then my last point, and then I'll shut up on this question, the top 1%, they don't mess around with mobile. They know how to make mobile work. They're not like, oh, mobile doesn't work for me. I'm going to exclude it or, you know, um, doing bid modifiers that are, are cutting them themselves off at the knees, you know, on the mobile level or or playing a little bit of victim card. Like, well, I just don't know what mobile's doing for me, but I'm still running it. The top 1%, they are running mobile very strategically, very aggressively. It's making up a majority of the revenue for their campaigns. It's producing a majority of the success for them. They figured it out and they have developed a complete mobile mindset as a as a PPC specialist. So that those would be my answers. All right, how many we got left? Three left? All right, let's pound them out. Ashley. Ashley asks, what is the best Facebook ad strategy for my drop shipping business? Um, you know, that's interesting. I think sometimes we bucket things as marketers too much in the wrong category, uh, into the wrong category. So we look at things like lead gen business, e-commerce business, drop shipping business, um, service-based business, local business. The reality is, is like there there are some advertising and digital marketing strategies that are specific to those types of buckets. But I think the deeper question and the more important one is what is the best Facebook ad strategy for my 
you know, blank business as in specific business, like what are you selling? What what service are you in? What product are you in? In this case, drop shipping. Well, what are you drop shipping? Are you drop shipping babies' clothes, kids' toys, um, skincare? You know, like the strategies really need to be unique at those levels, not at the you know at the topical level, really. Um, so that would be my my biggest question. But if you're doing drop shipping, um, obviously you don't have the burden of shipping. I would not screw that up. Whoever is actually doing the shipping of the products to the end user, I would make sure that that is that is like 100% spot on. That they're not late on shipments. Um, I'm a big big believer in in call it karma, but like in e-commerce, if you screw up shipping, if you screw up customer service, um, you can only have the best mousetrap for for so long on your Facebook ads. That that, that crap comes back around, especially in a social media world like Facebook where people can come back to the ad and and comment about how bad their experience was. So if you're doing drop shipping, make sure you're doing that. The other thing is is um, I've seen some drop shippers where they're not they're not actually processing the orders, so they don't have any of the customer's information. That's a huge downside because just like any e-commerce business, your strategy needs to be obtain a bunch of customers, cust- upload it as a custom audience in Facebook and build a lookalike audience off of that off of that group. Um, a lot of you drop shippers out there, you're playing a margin and price game. So Facebook ads gets interesting because you're not trying to build a long-term brand. A lot of you are just trying to sell a product and make a profit. So, you know, right now your time is your pickings are good, but in the future, as more of the bigger brands get into Facebook, you're gonna get squeezed out. So this is probably not answering your question directly, Ashley, but if you're in the drop shipping business, I would I would use that to leverage whether that be the money that you make from it, the learnings that you gain, the systems that you build, um, the team that you build. I would build that up and leverage that into building your own brand. Don't depend on drop shipping long term. There's just not as much money in it. I know there's a lot of people making a lot of money on drop shipping. I get it, but. Um, why do that when you can build a brand, make just as much money, but have something that's long term? Facebook's going to go through some rockiness in terms of um, all of this privacy stuff that's coming out. Instagram's going to play more and more of a role, so you're going to have to target more towards Instagram. And when you get into into the Instagram world, you it makes perfect sense that if you're going to spend thousands of dollars on impressions and clicks and conversions, that you're building a brand at the same time. But big answer is just go back to Kenji's, uh, not Kenji, um, RJ's question about the secret to building successful Facebook ads. All my answers there. Custom audiences, really good ad copy, relevant scores, um, monitoring frequency score really well, targeting lookalike audiences, all that stuff. Um, I will say the one more other thing I didn't answer on RJ's question, I'll answer on yours, Ashley, is um, people don't do a good enough job of building really good nested retargeting with Facebook. And I'm not talking about retargeting from like an ad role or Google perspective, meaning visitor comes to my website and then I retarget to them because they came to my website. Like, of course you do that. But Facebook retargeting, so much of it happens natively inside of, of Facebook and it stays there. So 
For example, retargeting to people who engaged with your Facebook page or your Instagram profile, people who watched a video, 100% of your video, people who, you know, um, um, commented on your on your ad or or, or um, opted into your uh, your instant messenger bot like ManyChat or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. You know, building really good nested layers of retargeting is is one opportunity, and then um, being really good at excluding audiences. So, like for example, if you're going to target a lookalike audience with an ad, and you're doing like a thirty percent off promotion code for your drop shipping business, don't include your cust- your your past customers in that advertising. Right? Exclude those people. So, getting really good with inclusions and exclusions will help you out a lot. Okay, two more. All right, two more. Chris asks, what is a good Facebook audience size for targeting for a SaaS business? Should I target 2 million people, 100,000, 50,000, or 10,000? What is the best option? So I risk sounding sounding a bit redundant here, but... um, I wouldn't look at it in terms of the number of people you're targeting. I would look at it strategically from the perspective of um, where am I going to get the best return on ad spend and how do I leverage Facebook's machine learning to get me there. Um, and so the answer to your question, Chris, is lookalike audiences. And if you don't have a lookalike audience, build some strategies to help you get a lookalike audience. You know, um, I'm seeing some brands. I know one brand where they're doing like a free plus shipping product. And the only reason they're doing free plus shipping is because they're trying to gain a list of customers that they can then retarget, number one, and number two, build, build a customer lookalike audience off of. So there's, you know, if you don't have a list of people, there's no excuse. You can, you can make that happen um, through some, some interesting strategies. But it's all about the lookalike audience, and that's typically going to be a little over 2 million people in total size. Now I like to be very specific, and I'm I'm still a big fan. If we're talking Facebook, of the Facebook feeds, of getting the ads in the Facebook feeds, and then on Instagram, same thing. I'm a big fan of Instagram Stories as well as an ad placement. And so when you do that, it reduces your target size a little bit on your lookalike audiences, you know, to 1.2 million people or so. If you're doing a 1% lookalike audience. But I quickly tend to expand those to 2 and 3%. So that ends up being a little over 2 million. A lot of people, Chris, will tell you that um, that you should be way more granular and targeted in your ads. And I agree with them. But when I, I, I agree when it comes to retargeting, right? When it comes to <clears throat> this person visited this product page but didn't buy that product. This person visit this page, didn't buy the product, but they're subscribed to our, to our email uh, uh, subs- subscription. You know, all these nested layers, that's where I like to get specific. When we talk about just introducing your product or service on Facebook to a whole new audience, I like to go broad and let the machine learning do its thing. So definitely 2 million people or more. Last question, Rose asks, do Facebook ads work? <laughs> I like that question. You know, it's funny, man. I there's a lot of people who 
I've talked to recently that have been pretty negative about Facebook ads and how and and the performance or lack thereof that they're receiving. I have found that Facebook ads are incredibly revealing. They either tell you that you suck or that you're awesome. And I think that is hard for people to swallow. Um, people run an ad and no one engages with it and they spend like a thousand bucks on it and they're like, well, Facebook ad sucks, you know? It's like, well, yeah, you probably had a lot of these kind of configurations and operations and targeting not set up properly like we've talked about here today. That hasn't helped you, but a lot of times too, like the product just may not be that great. So you have to be open to that. But in general, Facebook ads are incredibly efficient. Um, if they don't work for you, then you're doing something wrong. It's not the other way around. And there's some situations where your business model may just not align. So for example, if you're building a brand and obviously building a business at the same time, let's say we're talking e-commerce, then why not, you know, uh, spend 20 grand on ads and generate a break even on the 20 grand, right? If you're trying to build a brand and sell products and stay in business at the same time, one of the best things you can do is spend 20 grand, break even on it, but in the process get hundreds of thousands of impressions on Facebook, gain thousands of email subscribers, tens of thousands of, of engaged followers on Facebook and Instagram. Like that just makes sense. And I think sometimes people look at Facebook ads and they think, well, it didn't generate me a four to one return. So therefore it doesn't work. And it's like, well, you got to change your perspective. You're dealing with social media advertising. So you've got a phenomenal branding opportunity on your hands. You know, I've talked to some people where they're like, well, yeah, but it doesn't give me the same return as Amazon do Amazon sponsored ads does. Well, Amazon sponsored ads, it's not building your brand. You're just getting clicks or sales and or sales, right? It's that's that's its whole purpose. And Google's Google ads are very very similar. Um, it's apples and oranges to compare, and I think a lot of companies and brands have failed to look at it from a different perspective and understand what Facebook can do for them on the macro, two and three years, they want their their margins now. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't expect margins on Facebook ads, but I, I just am saying that like, don't expect, you may need to be open to the idea that you're not gonna get the type of returns that you want, and that you have to have a little bit of a broader vision in, in terms of what your plan is with it and what your return is. From that perspective, Rose, uh, Facebook ads always work at least right now, and that includes B2B. I know there's a lot of B2B people out there who are like, no way, Facebook ads can't work for me. They absolutely do. I, um, we use Facebook ads a ton for B2B, and it's just about being uh, more strategic and with your ad copy and your targeting. Uh, they absolutely work. I would not shy away from them. If I were you, I'd find a way, at least while the pickings are good, CPMs are low, to find a way to make these, uh, these platforms work for you. There will be a time where Facebook will, will get a little too uncomfortable. I mean, the CPMs have already risen a ton over the last couple of years. That's going to continue to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's your answer. Anyway, so guys, thanks for answering those or asking those questions. This was a lot of fun. I hope we can do this again. Um, I think next time we'll 
we'll do a question a Q and A a little bit more focused on maybe like Amazon ads. We'll 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 tackle that on the next one. Try to tackle Google ads as well. And uh, thanks, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Chase Sagan podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud. Also on SoundCloud, you can post uh, any questions or topics you want me to cover for future episodes. And stay tuned for the next one. Thanks.